listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah golseth thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon we are continuing our conversations in the set apart to serve series today we head to oklahoma Heading to Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. Joining us today, the Reverend Joshua Brackage is associate pastor at Holy Trinity. Pastor Brackage, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Thanks for your invitation. Well, this is kind of fun because we get to talk with someone who understands media and broadcasting. Yeah. Because you are a second career pastor. So tell us about your career before becoming a pastor. Once upon a time, Andy, yeah, the... Uh whole setup with the soundboard, the microphones, reporting on, live, on the scene was, was my life before. In high school, I thought I wanted to be in broadcast journalism. They let me call the, the football game one time from the press box, and it was so exciting that I went to school, got a degree in communication, started working for a television station in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and had that career for 12 years first starting out as an associate producer. I, I wrote scripts for other people to read before I was a reporter and, and then eventually left TV news as executive producer of evening broadcast, which means if there were any problems, they were my problems at the end of the day. So that was, that was the job before at the CBS station KOTV in Tulsa before moving to St. Louis and pursuing a path to become a pastor. So... Why did you choose to do that? What were those life circumstances that happened? Because these, I mean, we work, you know, church work and and radio broadcasting, but radio or TV broadcasting and pastoral ministry don't generally go hand in hand for a lot of people. Unless you're a TV evangelist. Unless you're a TV evangelist. <laughs> I think you know, we all became TV evangelists in that COVID season, but I had I had the experience before before I walked in the door. I I knew how that. Uh, that space worked, but it's a, it was a joy and it's been fun just to fast forward here to the, the current that how much the Lord was preparing me for the vocation I have now in the vocation I had before. There's so much overlap that I can only see now in hindsight, which is such a blessing. But it started because TV, especially the news, which happens around the clock on holidays on weekends and the whole bit forces you to keep a pretty odd schedule. And the if you're in the central time zone like we are, the, the big newscast of the day is always the 10 p.m. newscast. And so when you've, when you've worked your way up the ladder, you're working nights. And it meant that I had my mornings free. And so as I would go in and, and do my, my day job, I ended up spending a lot of time at my church. I was a member of Christ the Redeemer Lutheran Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I would hang out there in the mornings and they'd say, could you help with VBS or would you want to teach a Bible class? And during a pastoral vacancy, could you help teach confirmation? And eventually they asked, would you want to be president of a congregation? So I think you just hang around long enough and, and somebody will ask you to do something. And that was my story. And so I got a lot of opportunities to sort of feel out what a career in ministry might feel like, even if it's just what a volunteer gets to feel while I was still pursuing my vocation in journalism at the same time. And eventually, there were people on, on both sides, both my, my work side and TV news and in my church family side, 
that to continue to ask the questions, have you thought about pursuing ministry? There's one fella from my church who was not content to ask, have you thought about pursuing being a pastor? He said, will you think about pursuing being a pastor? And then finally, and this chokes me up every time I think about it, he said, if we said we'd take care of you and your family, will you think about being a pastor? And a question like that recognizes all the all the hurdles that comes with being a second career pastor. That for for many people, it was for my family. It's not just me anymore as a as a student. It's it's moving a spouse and a household from one place to another. It wasn't just me leaving my job. My wife left her job too, and we had to we moved together to pursue the residential program at Concordia Seminary St. Louis. And so I think having that encouragement from our church family was so vital because it forced us to think about it. I had to be honest with him and said, yes, I will think about it and then pray about it and then conversations with my wife about it too. But it really demonstrated to me that it's the job of the whole church to be encouraging future church workers. Just encouraging church workers is just what the church does. So tell us about those years of formation in seminary and vicarage experience. And if there was some overlap from your previous career into how that, that, that shaped your, your formation as well from your previous career into the formation of a pastor? Oh, that's such a great question. And I'm probably still discovering the answer to that question. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting to reflect on the days that I had as a, as a TV news reporter. I got to sit with people, meet people, sometimes for the first time on the worst days of their life after a tornado rips through their community, when a terrible tragedy happens at their, their school or their neighborhood, they talk to me as a, as a news reporter because I'm sticking a, a microphone in their face and I have the jacket with the, the big number six on it that says that I'm, I'm here to tell the story of what just happened. And, and that's, that's an interesting dynamic that has found its, its way into preparing me to be a pastor too, where often now I get to sit with people on the, on the hardest days of their life. And, and at the same time, I'm equipped with more than a microphone and a number six on my jacket now. Now I get to come sometimes with, with the Lord's Supper. I get to come with God's Word. I get to come with the presence of Christ near to them in their hearts. And so it's, it's interesting just to have that, that experience before that continues to, to pay off now and, and pay off sort of the kind of dividends that you can't, you can't monetize. Being able to work as a team, nobody puts on a newscast by, by themselves. And so you rely on, you rely on others and the, and the gifts that we have. Now that's realized within the body of Christ too, that no matter what pastor, what kind of pastor you are, what kind of ministry you're serving, it's a, it's a team ministry because you're working alongside the sisters and brothers that God has called you to belong to in the body of Christ. And so that same newsroom experience where we all serve our, our specific functions and we need to work together to, to be able to, to produce what we need to produce at the end of the day is, uh, is, is something that now is realized in this nonstop free situation. And the, the nights, weekends, and holidays of a TV newsroom are all the same for a pastor too, nights, weekends, and holidays for us too. So uh, that was all interesting and relevant experience that I brought to the classroom when we came and, and started seminary in 2016. I came in not having gone to a Concordia for undergrad, never having learned Greek or Hebrew or all the things that they try to, try to get you ramped up so you can start 
with everybody else. And so I was on what, what I call the slow boat for quite a while. With There was a, a crew of about 12 of us who felt like we were paddling upstream, at least for the first year, maybe the first two. And we got to know each other really well because we jumped in at the same point in the river and we just kept paddling. So we could catch up to some of our other brothers and sisters in the Deaconess program who were who were already ahead of us. But it was it was a joy to have that formation too, where we can be there to encourage each other's studies, our transitions too, as we all left different places and and different people and and now had one another as we we embarked on this seminary journey together. So it sounds like some things changed, but a lot of things actually stayed the same, just in a very different context with different people. But your, your previous experience lending itself very nicely to what you're doing now. And if, if I do the math right, if you entered seminary in what, 2016, you said, then then a pandemic must have happened almost immediately after you were placed in a first call. Is that right? So my class graduated in 2020, the May of 2020, and that final semester ended up being interrupted for us. That pandemic season started sometime around spring break of 2020. And so I was working at a fieldwork congregation. My friends at Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis Hills, shout out to Pastor Matt Clark and Wrestling with the Basics. It's a, a friend of mine and continues to be a mentor for me. But yeah, being in that congregation and seeing things ramping up towards this Easter season just suddenly slam on the brakes was was an interesting experience and and we never we didn't know how much, how long that was going to last after that started and so most of us were placed into calls where either we were just starting to meet together again in person or we're still online virtual some some other and to work through that season at least in the short term thinking more about that time then that transition to you know after your your seminary experience and all those things that that are part of pastoral formation and then the real formation your first call tell <laughs> us about that getting that call on call day and then making that transition you your family to a new congregation it sounds like you're originally from Oklahoma so going back to Oklahoma that must have been exciting yeah, we all recognize that on call day, you sit and put on your seatbelt because you don't know where the Lord's taking you next. And when we when we heard that we were coming back to a to a state we know, Oklahoma was a gift. I ended up coming back also to a congregation I know a little bit because this was my vicarage congregation as well. So the, my third year at the seminary was spent here at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. I uh, my vicarage supervisor was was still here when I came back, and so he was he still had lots of things to teach me, more lessons than he could cram into one year. And so I came back under the tutelage of of Pastor Barry Hankey, who is such a man of joy that that that's such an encouragement to people as they're considering what a what a career in church work looks like. If you want to be someone who encourages future church workers, whether those are young people pursuing church work as a first career or, or second career church workers, it helps to be surrounded by church workers who have a heart of joy. It's, it's, a, it's an invaluable and part of someone's spiritual formation, their formation for, for ministry, and it can't be re replicated. If, if you have somebody who truly looks like they enjoy sharing the gospel and sharing their heart with others and, and being a part of what Christ called them to in this ministry, then it's infectious. 
We are chatting with Pastor Joshua Brackage. He's associate pastor at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, as part of our Set Apart to Serve series. We'll continue the kind conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're continuing our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series today with Pastor Joshua Brackage, Associate Pastor of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. And Pastor Brackage is a second career pastor, meaning he served in a career prior to going to seminary and becoming a pastor. And so we've gotten that 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 really neat story of your career in broadcasting, which we can relate to here in the <laughs> studio, and the and that transition through pastoral formation of the seminary into your first call serving at Holy Trinity in Edmond, Oklahoma. And the the life of a second career pastor, I'm sure, is as you as you talked about making that transition with your family to your first call and getting to serve with the, the pastor that served as your vicarage supervisor. How exciting is that? What was, who was, who was important in that process of considering going to seminary and becoming a pastor, becoming a church worker? You mentioned that there were several people both in your career in broadcasting and in your congregational life as well. Who were those people and, and what were some of the key things that they did that were really valuable in your consideration of serving as a church worker? Such a great question because it, it's clear to me that the entire church is at work in forming and shaping people for ministry. The first one is my mother, Carla Jo Brackage. Carla Jo Peebles is a, sorry, my mom remarried in this spring, but she serves a congregation in Huntsville, Alabama as a director of Christian education, product of Concordia Teachers College, Seward, Nebraska, Concordia University of Nebraska now, but I grew up a, a DC East kid and considered my home church. The, the church my mother served at was a second family full of surrogate grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles. And so having a, a loving church family to grow up in where, where I got to see what a church worker's life looks like, where what some of the hard days look like, but what some of the joyful days look like too, paints a, a realistic picture of what a career in ministry looks like. I think that that sort of set the stage for my participation in church as a layperson for quite a while, knowing that church just was part of my rhythm. It's it's what I did. And so I wanted to continue that even as I pursued a, a vocation that wasn't, that wasn't vocational ministry. But I mentioned the folks at my congregation in Tulsa who were very encouraging. I had one conversation with someone at, at the television station, though. M many people would, would seek me out, especially because they knew that I was a Christian. Maybe that not that I was pursuing potentially becoming a pastor, but they knew that I believed and belonged to Jesus. And so we would pray together and we would talk about things that were difficult. But I once sat down with our marketing director at the TV station. We had just done a series of stories about animal abuse, which was a terrible, was a terrible situation. And 
and animals needed to be rescued and, and placed into, into homes where they would actually be, be cared for. And, and as I sat across from her, she, she looked at, at me and shared her heart and said, there's just so much suffering in this world. And in my mind, without saying it out loud, I finished her sentence with the words, without Jesus. There's just so much suffering in this world without Jesus. And that became a real turning point conversation for me. Not because I fell out of love with working in the newsroom or the grind got to be too much, right? I didn't imagine it to be a worthy vocation. All of those things were true. It was through conversations like that where I recognized that the call to be a pastor, the call to, to share Jesus in every conversation that I get to have was just so much stronger, so much louder. And so between my childhood and the loving church congregation, the, the church I was a part of, serving as a lay person, between those that I would be able to have conversations with, and the fourth probably most pivotal person was my wife, Susie, who we were engaged and got married, did not know that being a pastor's wife was going to be part of her resume either. But, and there were certainly times when, when I said, I, I think we need to go to the seminary, sweetie. And she would say, we are not going to the seminary. And there would be times that I'd say, I don't think I can go. And she says, we're going to the seminary. So there was a yo-yo situation and it took both of us to continue encouraging one another to make such a leap to pursue something that was not what we imagined either one of us were prepared for, but recognizing that the Lord is faithful in all of those circumstances and that he goes with us to St. Louis to pursue an MDiv and then into ministry as well. You've talked a lot about the relationships that in your in your life, in your childhood, and, and now as a pastor in your current congregation, when you're having these conversations with people in your congregation now, what what are some of the things that you talk to people about when when the, the idea of a vocation and church work comes up? That's a great question. I love being able to, to talk to people about what this looks like. I had mentors who served with joy. I hope, hope people, if they're asking those types of questions, they see other people serving with joy and, and that's an encouragement. So I, I encourage folks to, to reach out and ask those sorts of questions. Ask a pastor the real deal questions. I don't, I don't need to put on a face. I don't need to I don't need to pretend that this ministry is anything other than what it is. And that is sometimes heart-wrenching. And that is sometimes the most joyful moment you could have. I still, my, my admissions counselor at Concordia Seminary St. Louis would tell you that I, I nearly took myself out of the incoming class of 2016 because when things really strike a chord with me, I cry really easily. And I thought that this would be a disqualifier if I'm up there giving a sermon and I cry. And so I, I told him, I said, I don't know that this is something I can get over, even with every exegetical, homiletical, hermeneutical, any kind of ethical class you can throw at me. I don't know that, that I'm going to be able to overcome this, which is, you know, that I wear my emotions on my sleeves and it still happens. I, I get to baptize someone in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and be there as close as anyone gets to be when they are claimed by their Savior Jesus. And it just, it'll, it'll hit me every time. You get to listen to confirmation kids say that, that they will cling to their faith, even, even to death. 
And it's such a real thing. You're holding hands with a couple as they pledge them their vows to one another. And it still gets me. And I think some of the people who come and talk to me about ministry realize that I have no option. I have to tell it to them straight because otherwise they'd be able to tell. I, I <laughs> It reads so genuinely on my face. And so we have been given a gift at this congregation of people who have seen the joy that ministry can bring, not just to the church worker, but through the church worker to others too. Currently, we're mentoring nine men of this congregation who in one way or another either are interested interested enough to continue learning more about what a vocation in church work looks like. Some of those are middle schoolers and high schoolers and some are second career adults. But, but last year, I thought it was important to, to give people an opportunity to peek behind the curtain, maybe just a little bit, and to see what a pastor does more than more than just than what they see on a, on a Sunday morning in Bible class or in the divine service. But we invited this group of men to join us in, in planning our Easter sunrise service last year to get a theology of worship from our Lutheran perspective, to, to see how many, how many pieces you have to coordinate as the pastor to, to make a worship service happen. And, and I, I told myself I was going to invite nine guys, and if two of them said yes, I was going to be thrilled. And when all nine said yes, I recognized that the Lord steward the calling here. It's not, it's not Pastor Brackage. The Lord is calling those hearts that he would have to serve in the special ways that he's gifted. So last year we did that. This year we worked on how to read the Bible. We called it Read the Bible Like a Pastor and sort of talked about beefing up our Bible study skills so we could potentially lead Bible studies, so we could potentially dig into the kind of Bible study you need to develop a, a message, a sermon, and and had people give their time to hang out with their pastor to do like extra Bible class and, and see just a little bit more about what, about what pastoral ministry looks like. I think we're taking a, a group to St. Louis this summer for a, for a campus visit there at the, the seminary. And, and I'm excited that the people have been so receptive about exploring this. And, and who knows if God's going to call them to, to, to explore what, what vocational ministry looks like right out of school or, or after they've been an insurance adjuster for 20 years and calls them back to explore that opportunity. But I, I think in this effort, we wanted to, I, I thought back to my childhood. What, what kinds of things could, could my pastor have done that would have, would have been unforgettable for me? What kind of experiences already exist that we can bring others alongside with? And, and I'm sure that that's, those opportunities exist in congregations across our Senate right now where you could invite an, an interested young adult, an interested adult with a heart for ministry to, to join you, to sit with you as you work together on a project, sit with you as you go make nursing home visits, to sit with you as you develop a sermon or pick the hymns for Sunday morning. Any of those things are a, a great way to give people a taste and, and give them a forum where they could ask more questions about being a pastor. Wow, how valuable is that to have yeah. pastors that that want to give you those opportunities to see what she as a pastor or as a as another church worker might be like, whether it's in middle school or a second career, high school, whatever it may be. That's I'm sure very valuable to those individuals. Pastor, thank you so much for spending some time sharing your story with us today on the Coffee Hour. It's been really great getting to know you. Joy, Sarah, Joy, Andy, thank you so much. 
Pastor Joshua Brackage serves as Associate Pastor at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. It's been fun talking with him and learning more about his second career becoming a pastor. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit kfuo.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at kfuo.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.